Boys Lines. As Boys Lines. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold As Lions podcast. Welcome to another episode of the As Bold As Lions podcast. My name is Derek Charles Johnson. I'm your host. So great to have you join me today. We are making our way through the month of January, this first month of the year. And if you're like me, you you kind of you come into the new year, the new month uh, here with a fair amount of optimism and, and some drive, just ready to kind of get started, um, have that, that fresh start, you know, looking at the, the blank slate of 12 months uh, ahead of you. Um, but January can kind of wear on you a little bit and be a little long. I think it's just because it's a colder month and we've just had all the the highs of of the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all these things. And and then you kind of go into January trying to keep that that steam going and, and keep yourself pushing forward. And it can be a little hard sometimes because January just kind of kind of feels like the brakes kind of get hit and you're and you're we're just kind of getting through it and getting by as best as we can. But, um, if you're, if you're perhaps needing a bit of inspiration and just that somebody just to say, keep going, I hope that you find that here on the podcast. Um, I look forward each week to diving into the subject matter that we're looking at. And even for myself, I find that as I go in and I'm looking at, like, as we're looking at James right now, and I'm diving in and kind of pulling apart every every passage and uh, looking deeper at at these verses. It it just creates a hunger in me to to want to know more of God's word. And I think the more we read and investigate the word, the Bible, we just find it affecting our our, our habits and our thoughts, and it, it starts to change us. It starts to mold us into hopefully into an image that is is more Christ-like and Christ-bearing. So hopefully that's an encouragement for you, even as January can be kind of long and, and February and things like that. It's just uh, it's just to say, hey, let's keep going. Let's keep, keep at it and, and learning and encouraging each other. So that being said, we're moving into the third and fourth chapters of James. This is uh, chapter three today, but these third and fourth chapters are a little shorter and uh in terms of their their length and their content but there's still so much there to to pull out of of these chapters and just everything just being very powerful very to the point James has just a way of writing that's that's very direct and kind of just calls things out as as he feels led to to say it and share it and i guess the main things that i've always thought of with James as i've uh, thought of this book, the the concept of faith without works being dead. That's always one that always 
rings rings out to me. And the other one is the one that we're talking about today, which is the taming of the tongue. That seems to be this very central part of James or something that I've heard within a lot of sermons and, and messages that uh, yeah, as you go through that, just that part itself, you, you, you see where that's just an easy way to build a sermon and a, a message, whether you're talking about the ills of gossip or slander or just how we choose our words, what we say as Christians, as believers. So very common theme that, that I think we, we've come to recognize with this book. And, you know, James just has so much to say about character and conduct as believers. And it would make sense then that our words and our speech are addressed. It's, it's something that we need to look at. And like I said, it's hard hitting it's convicting, and it's something that's not always the easiest to read, not always the, the easiest to absorb and and take in, but it's necessary. So I'm looking forward to diving in today. All that being said, let's get ready to go with our first point, and this is from James chapter 3, if you're following along. Very first point is the tongue is powerful. It says in verses 5 and 6, so also the tongue is a small member yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. I get a sip of my coffee here. Before I dive in, have my coffee, my afternoon, pick me up here as we uh, do this podcast. Um, But in this chapter, I believe James is getting us to acknowledge just how powerful our tongues can be. He compares the size of the tongue. Think of just how small the tongue is. He compares that um, to the rest of the body. And he pulls in these other objects, which are similar, like a, a bit in the mouth of a horse or a rudder on a ship. Or if you think of just even a forest fire and there's just one small spark or flame or part that just causes this whole fire to just engulf this area as, as we've seen in, in various parts of our world. So in each part that is being compared, there's this, again, this point of the size of the object, that small thing being able to then control the whole being, the whole object. Um, and as we talk about the power of the tongue, we talk about what the tongue can do. There's this note from Proverbs eighteen, twenty one, which I like to pull in. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And just to think of the tongue in that way, I think James is just trying to get us to acknowledge like how, how much control we have through, through our words, through our tongues. If we were to, Think of our words in this manner. How would our lives be changed? I think we would put a higher priority on on speaking clearly and perhaps just speaking less. I know I would. I know the extent to what I say with my words verbally um, and also to to go beyond that to what I I post um, online and what I share. So the words that I say... Uh, physically, verbally from my mouth, and also the things I share and, and say virtually through through what I post. And, and all that is an extension of the tongue, really. And perhaps the amount of time I either need to 
just simply ignore something or if I uh, do post something, the, the need to go back and delete that thing or take it, take it down before it can do much damage. Those are some things that I need to, to seriously consider. And I think James is, if we can bring that into a modern day context, a lot of the way we communicate is through the things that we post and say online, but also the things that we say to each other just um, in our conversations, one-on-one or a conversation that may be about somebody, but they're not in the room. They're not there to to have any ability to defend themselves or say anything that that we have to take some stock of what what is being said and, and what damage could potentially be done because of those words. And really just to consider if, if we're not building others up and we're not doing something that's beneficial for the kingdom, are those things really necessary? So this question to kind of apply from all of this. So first we're talking about the tongue, just acknowledging that the tongue is powerful and as we keep going through, and, and James spends several verses just talking about all this and, and laying it all out, the other point that I take out is that the tongue cannot bless and curse, that there's this aspect of blessing and cursing, and James is pointing out like those two things should not be going on, coming out of the same person at the same time. This verse 10, it says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Going on to 11 and 12, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So James is getting into the idea that if we're if we're following the Lord, if we're allowing our words to be motivated and um, just reflecting Him and in, in the work that He's doing, that that there's things that shouldn't really be coming out of us, being shared from us that line up with that. That you you can't have these two things going on at once. And I guess an application that I've been using lately with my kids and. Of course, this is going to reflect back on me as well, because I need this, this reminder. But I've been getting my kids a little bit with this verse. And maybe, you know, that's kind of a Jesus juke or whatever you call it, as, as people would say, because you, you kind of pull a verse into a context and say, hey, you know, you, you need to be living by this. And it's really a reflection upon myself anyway. But to impress upon my boys, especially as I have four kids or four boys, five kids to get all together, but the four oldest being all boys and just the need for them to be purposeful with their words. And especially I noticed this on Sundays of all days. Of course we would. We go to church on a Sunday morning and and we worship and we sing songs of praise and then we go to Sunday school and we, we talk about Jesus and we answer questions and we do all these things that are, um, I guess, the things that we're supposed to do when we're in that setting, but uh, what we should really be doing all the time, whether we're in that setting or at home or whatever. But we we go from that moment and we get into the car and come home and gather around the dinner table for a meal right after church or whatever. And it's immediately pulling in these these words that are cutting each other down and and just being negative to each other about something and um 
more than any physical fighting that goes on with, with these kids, with these boys, it's, it's the words, it's the things they say to each other. It's just the, the knee jerk reaction of what I want to say to you because you've, you've irritated me, you've upset me, you've whatever. And, and just the poking back and forth. And for me to, to pull in this passage and just say, Hey, we were just not half an hour ago praising Jesus. And now we're saying this to each other. And how do those two things reconcile? How do we, how do we, walk this out. And so it's a teaching moment and it's for myself as well, because I, I can go from leaving church to saying something to them or to my wife or posting that thing, um, online that I don't really need to share because it has no eternal significance or value. So it's just a, it's just a way to apply this verse. I think in, in the real world scenarios that we face. And again, I mention it because I know I need, I need to hear it. I can't, I can't bless the Lord and then curse my fellow man. And we, we struggle with this. This, this is, I think a, a thing that we, we have to say that this is, this is something we struggle with, but even admitting that we get it wrong sometimes, which we're, we're going to be prone to, to sin and, and fall short. And we know that, but I think it's, it's in our efforts to, to try to avoid this and try to, uh, keep moving towards the standard, which is Jesus, which is his holiness. And also just asking forgiveness when we know we've messed up in, in an area, we've said something we shouldn't have said, going back and, and trying to make that, um, that wrong right again. You know, we can't take back words. We know that it's kind of like that analogy of, of the hammer and, and, and the nail. And, and once you, you put that hole in the wall, you can't, you, you can pull the nail back out, but that hole is still there. And, and our words are that, that nail that, that go into someone else. And once they've left, you can't take it back. But the best thing you can do is try to, try to ask for forgiveness, ask for reconciliation and believe that in Christ, that, that, that's, that's there, you know, especially among brothers that, that we can do that. So this was something James obviously struggled with. It was enough to, to mention it and go into some detail and it still needs addressing and correcting today with us. This final point is moving towards, um, the end portion of chapter three, which kind of takes a turn, um, kind of a, a, a proverbs like, um, passage, which I think makes sense because as we've talked about this, this book seems to have some applications that, that come from Proverbs. If we're, if we're diving in a little bit, this, this final point is to seek wisdom from above verse 17. It says that the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Verse 18, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So this last part of James chapter 3 extends out from what has already been said about conduct, about the tongue, and about the evidence of faith in our lives. And there is a wisdom that we must seek after that is beyond the wisdom of this earth. In actuality, the wisdom from above, heavenly wisdom, it runs counter to any sort of wisdom that is found in this world. 
in in lining up with much of what Paul talks about when he's going into the fruit of the spirit. That's um, in Galatians. James identifies the markings of of true wisdom, and it kind of overlaps there. It says in verse seventeen, the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. It's clear that the Spirit is is what's bringing about these attributes. It's the Holy Spirit at work, and you know it's evidence that the Spirit works to produce behavior and conduct that is not self seeking. And it's not ingenuine, but it's it longs to be at peace and it longs to be gentle, be at peace with others. Um, you know, thinking about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all those things. It's it's kind of along those same lines of of just allowing the Holy Spirit to bring those attributes and things out of us and bring those up to the surface because that's Christ at work within us. As I've contemplated this message that James has in regards to the tongue, it makes sense that the discussion now turns towards wisdom. We, we've mentioned there's some overlap with the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs is this book about wisdom. It's written by Solomon most for the most part. We know that he wrote a lot of it, and he's he's one of the wisest men who ever lived. First Kings four verse thirty says Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. So, if we're talking about wisdom that is from above, this is a person that has uh, has those attributes that it's above worldly wisdom. It's above and surpasses though the knowledge of 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 what is in this world. And as we walk in the Lord, our our capacity to truly be wise increases. I believe this. And it's a wisdom that we take into every encounter we have in every conversation. The Spirit enables us to speak the right words at the right time. He also enables us to hold our tongues when we ought not to speak. He enables us to act appropriately and with a desire to see others grow and be blessed. And as James talks about here, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. James is causing us to consider the harvest just as Jesus did. Are we willing to lay aside our own goals and our own ambitions, our own selves, and in order to, to pursue something better that the Lord has, that this wisdom that we pursue is is beyond us. It's 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 a heavenly wisdom that we were after, and we're not going to find it in this world. We're not going to find it by seeking our own our own ways more and, and kind of digging into that. We have to let go of that and and pursue what what the Lord has, which is better. So, as we say all this and we conclude chapter three today, we we see that there's this progression that's that's taking place within us as we commit ourselves to faith. Again, we do not fully grasp or or set into all these things, step into all these things overnight. And and we have to give ourselves some grace there. But James isn't offering all of this up as just kind of a, hey, try and see if you can do this. These are some best practices that I've kind of found or, 
you know, if you have the opportunity to do this, this would be a good idea. He, he's not kind of just setting it out there as like, these are some good suggestions and I, I just want to kind of share this with you. Like he's, he's coming at this with the directive that, that this is the attitude. This is the mindset that we have to have as believers. Like this is the way that we live. This is the conduct that we, we carry. And this is who we are becoming in Christ. So there's nothing that's just left up to suggestion or, you know, this kind of gray area of like this, you know, tame the tongue. That might be a good thing to consider. Like, no, like work on this and, and allow the Holy Spirit to start affecting your words and affecting your conduct and, and your action. It's, it's really expected. And it's what we're to look like if we're in Christ. So stepping back from all that, I just say, wow, you know, I know that the, the words of this book are convicting. And as I start to dive into it and start talking about it here and, and we, we, we share all this, it's, it hits home. It's something that I can readily start to think about in my life, like the areas where I, I'm falling down and, and, and not doing some of these things like I should be. And I think I have to to take a step back as well and, and consider like why why is this book and why is James so seemingly heavy hitting? Is it because I've sat too long under some some feel good messages uh, or sought after messages that that just kind of don't leave a lot of demands on me because I don't want to be too convicted. I don't want to be too you know, poked or prodded with, with messages that, uh, are gonna, are gonna lay some convicting words on me. And, and I think we've, we've sat under that for a long time. We've, we've wanted to see, uh, and hear messages that just kind of make us feel better, make us feel good about ourselves rather than exposing anything and, and looking at anything that might need addressing within our lives. Yeah, I know I've been guilty of seeking out easier messages than, than wanting to feel convicted. And I've avoided wanting to feel the Holy Spirit's finger upon some aspect of my life because it's just been easier to live out a comfortable Christianity. And I think for you and for I, um, if you're listening to this and you're saying that that resonates with me, I think it's just simply saying, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for just seeking an easier road. You're you're calling us out into some deeper waters. You're 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 directing us to your word and and there's passages like the ones we're talking about that that aren't always the easiest and the most palatable, but they're things that are in your word for a reason and and we need to we need to read them and we need to assess our lives and and say we're we're honestly falling short and to say God forgive me. Forgive me for the words that I spoke this week. Forgive me for the conversation I had with this person about somebody else, which wasn't even my right to have. Forgive me for seeking my own way and, and, and not appealing to your wisdom to say, God, I, I've got this. I can do this. I don't need you in this aspect of my life. And I think when we come to that point where we just say, God, I've, I've been trying to do this on my own and I'm sorry. There's just a weight that just comes off of us. 
And there's this ability for the Lord to just say, all right, I've got you where I can, where I can talk to you, where I can look into your face and we can have some heart to heart time. And then we can go from here and, and we can start talking about what, what is next. But I think it's until we get to that point, we just kind of run circles and just keep going around and doing the same things over and over again, but getting frustrated because life's not really changing and we're not really going anywhere. Guys, I know the Lord wants us to go deeper. I know he has bigger things for us this year. And maybe starting in a, a place like James is is the right place to start because it's it's a humbling place. It's a place of of self-evaluation. It's a place of of readying and, and repurposing and just saying, God, I want to hear from you. I want to be on the same page as you are. I don't want to be off doing my own thing, trying to say, God, bless this because I'm I'm just doing busy things for you. No, I want to be back in your presence. And from there, allow your presence to to give me purpose and give me the desires that, that you have. Hey guys, I hope you're blessed today. Um, I know if you're coming back each week, it, it means there's something that's resonating here. And uh, I know even for some, like getting a new podcast every week, it's hard to keep up and you may kind of come back and binge a few, you know, here and there and, and catch up. And that's great. Like if, if you're not with me every week, that's, that's okay. If you're coming back, uh, catching up when you can. Um, but if you are returning and these are a blessing to you, I would simply ask that you would share it with somebody else and just say, Hey, thought maybe you would be encouraged by this thought. Maybe you'd want to hear this. And that just kind of keeps this thing going. Um, it, it's, it's just an opportunity to, to reach somebody else with, with hopefully something that, that resonates and, and strikes a chord. And that's all I'm asking. And I'm praying for you and I'm asking God to just continue to lead you into deeper levels of faith and deeper levels of commitment this year. So guys, we're going to close with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Um, knowing that this is, again, our charge is a theme verse. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, take care. Be blessed. Have a great day. Hey, guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.